Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Game Table! Yes, it is The Game Table. I'm Seamus Byrne. Welcome back to another episode. Hope you've been enjoying the show so far. This is episode five. That does mean this is actually going to be the last of the Code Word episodes. So stay tuned for that after the interview. And it is a great interview that I have this week. So it is another from my D&D live sessions. There's one more uh, after this one. So stay tuned for that later in the week. But today I am speaking with Mike Merles and B. Dave Walters. So Mike Merles is the creative director on Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, he has led the development of fifth edition rules uh, right back when the whole D&D Next kind of phase kicked off. Uh, and he's worked on a bunch of different games before that. He's worked on uh, Warhammer fantasy role-playing, Vampire, um, all sorts of really cool stuff. And yeah, really, really lovely guy. Great to chat to. And then also we're talking to B. Dave Walters. Uh, he is a cast member of the Inkwell Society on Maze Arcana, uh, which is a Twitch stream uh, live play that you can check out. Uh, he's the co-host of a show called Ask Your Black Geek Friend on Geek and Sundry. He's also a storyteller and a geek and a motivational speaker, and he is writing a comic a graphic novel series for Dungeons and Dragons called A Darkened Wish, uh, which looks super cool and it's just come out. So check that out. Um, but look, a really fun, wide-ranging chat with these two. We focused a lot on on what 5th edition brought to the game, uh, that how that changed Dungeons & Dragons and how it sort of set up this environment that everybody is now uh, really deeply into these days. So a really fun chat, explored lots of different ideas, and uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy hearing what uh, these two guys have to say. It even hits a point at one stage where Mike starts asking uh, B. Dave Walters a bunch of questions too. So uh, it's it. It just is lovely, free-ranging conversation, and I hope you're going to enjoy it. Let's get to it. Off to the World has been a really kind of beautiful synergy for everybody, kind of learning how to come together again. So, you know, from your perspective, uh, yeah, from each of your perspective, I guess, what's your kind of you know, feeling about um, why sort of the last few years really have seen such a, a boom for people's love of D&D out there? So, so I think a lot of it is uh, there's just the, the background noise and uh, culturally of uh, you know we, we were talking about this earlier right this idea that it used to be if you're into something geeky comics D and D whatever you'd have to sort of say like oh you know I played D and D or I collect comics but I don't really mean to right like you had to kind of apologize for it but now I think everyone is a geek about something yep. you know there's so much entertainment out there and I think what people have found is you can go deep into anything yep you know if you're really into quilting. You can go to and watch a quilting streamer and yep. quilting YouTube channels. And, and quilt so, con. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Quilt, you could be a geek about anything. Yeah. So yeah. I think the concept of being a geek has just become mainstream. Yeah, because especially because to me, all a, a geek is is somebody that, that really loves 
a seemingly unusual thing or a seemingly niche thing. Yeah. And now, like you said, everybody's into something and it's okay. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's not one or two things that are not okay, yeah. but I mean, for the most part, as long as you're not hurting anybody, it's yeah, all exactly. okay. You, you just know? don't break any laws. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and you don't have to, uh, and you don't have to explain it. You don't have to apologize for it. And I think some of that is the fact that the internet made it possible to find your clan for anything. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. There, there's a lot of people that were from small towns or other countries where it just wasn't a thing. And like, um, you know, because I get hit up a lot even now about vampire. It's like, oh, well, there's just there are no books here. There are no people here. And it's like, well, here's tools on the Internet. Play. Yeah. You know, D&D. I don't know how to play. Well, here's tools on the Internet. Play. Yeah. Even if you don't have the dice, download the, the dice rolling app. Yeah. And, yeah. and get your friends together yeah. and go for it. And um, I, I think, uh, again, to piggyback off of that, I think more than anything, uh, it is the fact that it's just OK to love it. Because another thing we were talking about earlier is a common thing I hear is people saying they would have played yeah, when exactly. they were younger. Yeah. They would have done it, yeah. but didn't know how, didn't know who, yeah. you know, and it just never came up. Yeah. And now it's, you got all the opportunities in the world. Yeah. You just, you watch a stream and you understand how it works. And I always like to use a tennis analogy. It's like mm-hmm. the difference between teaching someone how to play tennis by giving them the rule book versus just having them come with you to a court and mm-hmm. letting them borrow a racket and just bouncing a ball around like oh they get it right mm-hmm. and it's fun mm-hmm. as opposed to like okay now please read the 500 you know the WTA official <laughs> yeah. tournament rules and is the inside or the outside of the line the edge of the yeah line? yeah right <laughs> exactly 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 I still can't tell you what love means in tennis like I've learned <laughs> I've learned tennis scoring probably a dozen times in my life can I nerd out because I, I are you gonna geek out about tennis I'm gonna geek out about tennis yeah. so We're love started. it's a corruption of the French. Luff, which is egg, for zero. So if someone says 40 love, they're saying 40 to zero. I know this because I played a lot of Mario tennis back in the day. (laughs) And so I had the same. And having the internet now, I can look it up. And now I know. There it is. I know the French word for egg is luff. That is perfect. Mm. Um, So one of the things that I think has been really important with 5th edition... Uh, what year? I can't remember off the top of my head. What year did 5th edition? It's 2013. 2014. 2014. We, we were starting yeah. playtesting in 2012. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and that was, yeah, one thing I was going to point to was, it, you know, how important that uh, that sort of D&D next phase was, uh, that it really felt like, you know, as a fan, it felt like oh, we're really trying to emphasize it's about core values. Um but, I mean, even at, at that stage, we probably didn't realize that the world was going to start being all like, we hate the attention economy and, and it's time to slow down and, and suddenly sitting around a table together was going to be just the right kind of sell oh, yeah. for the... <laughs> I mean, I, I did not see this level of success coming. No. You know, we were just hoping to get a game that got back in touch with why people like tabletop role-playing game. Yep. And I think what we did did, which we didn't think of, is I think in a lot of ways we reset... The, the entry point for people. Definitely. You, like, we basically said you don't need 20 years of knowledge right. to understand D&D. Right. Like, you don't even need to have taken part in this play test, though maybe if you did jump on, that's great. But I think it was just kind of a big reset thing for the entire D&D fandom. Yeah. You know, it kind of brought everything full circle and was a nice restart point, which I think helped people then jump on without feeling intimidated sure. as they may have once been. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing this game for 30 years, and this is definitely the easiest place to jump on uh, that has ever been. Um, easy and fulfilling, you know, simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, and I think another advantage that D&D's got in particular is it is one of those brands that 
the product is synonymous with the industry. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like when you say, like, I'm going to Xerox something, yeah. or I need a Kleenex, or I'm going to buy Pampers, you know? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to play D&D, um, even though uh, they might mean some other subcategory. It's like, this is the concept. And so when somebody wants to kind of experience the satisfy the curiosity i suppose this is the most logical place to go yeah you know um and it's got it's got the most pop culture references also that help you ease into it now did you sorry I'm gonna ask yes, please, did, go ahead. did you play test the game like when it was in next next yeah, yeah. Did, uh-huh. would you, now what was your experience doing that was it satisfying did you feel like you were taking part in something did you feel like you're being were being heard two things happened for me uh, I really liked advantage and disadvantage. Actually, full disclosure, full disclosure, uh, I was not an advocate for fourth edition. Mm-hmm. So when D&D Next started, I was not super pumped about like, yeah, let's jump on. I was very much a 3.5 dude, you know? Um, and so uh, when I did finally start playing it, the first thing I really, there was two things I loved. I really loved uh, advantage and disadvantage. I think that's probably the most genius mechanic of, grade to a game in 20 years um and one thing that i always personally hated was i always hated attack of opportunity i always hated that because i've got a background in martial arts and so it was like it's like you mean to tell me you and i are fighting i know we're fighting we both know we're fighting and the fact that you step means one of us gets a free lick like what and so when that when i saw that that was no longer as big a deal Plus uh, advantage and disadvantage. I was like, okay, I'm sold. Cool. I'm in. <laughs> there we go. It yeah, worked. I'm yeah. and, and, and now I love Oh, it works. 100% worked. And now I love it. It's my favorite edition ever. Cool. Yeah. Because it, it, it's funny because I think a lot of times people have this nostalgia for like the old versions of things and you don't realize how hard they really were. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I played, uh, I had an emulator and I was for Apple II emulator mm-hmm. and I was playing this baseball game I played back in the 80s mm-hmm. and just the animation of the players it actually animated the players running from the dugout to the field mm-hmm. which took like five minutes mm-hmm. which <laughs> took <laughs> so <laughs> long I turned it off I just yeah. couldn't whereas probably when I was 12 I was like oh wow this yeah. is so realistic Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> like watching a real sporting event where it takes you know they'd be a commercial but I get to instead <laughs> yeah. watch the players <laughs> slowly run out yeah. oh this is so now I couldn't do it right you know that's what keeps happening like this comes up a lot again in video games MMOs people are like oh I want to be hardcore again I want to be like it used to and people make those games and they fail because yeah. it's like no you don't you don't want 56k <laughs> internet again you exactly. do not yeah uh, so it's like have your warm fuzzy memories of second edition but you don't go back to calculate and pack up. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I, I do miss punching gods in the face in, you know, in uh, second edition because of my uh, percentile strength. Yeah, that's you know. true. There's still time. Well, you know, 3.5, the, the being able to hit someone with the earth when you're a, uh, the hurler, hulking hurler. Oh, yeah, the hulking. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to hit them with the planet. You're like, mm, yeah, right. I think we win. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, I definitely think fifth edition hit the sweet spot of capturing everything that made the game great and also trimming some of the things that got out of hand because 3.5 did get a little cumbersome and quite frankly there's people like me who are min-maxers unabashed who knew like i'm like there's a point of vulnerability and there's a point of vulnerability and there's a point of vulnerability and now i literally can't be killed my druid saint planar shepherd character is unkillable yeah so Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, one of the other things I think is really important about Fifth Edition is that you have put story at the front and that events like this are about, you know, saying, like, for such a long time, if I went to the game shop, it's sort of, like, overwhelmed by random modules and not being quite sure about, like, oh, well, is the, what is it about? What, yeah, what should I get? Whereas now you guys are, you know, saying, here is a next epic storyline. Do either what you will, but here, go. He will show you what it looks like with some cool people showing you, um, you know, how essential was trying to make sure that showing people that story is the fundamental of this game you know, with fifth edition. Yeah, no, I think because that's the root of it, right? I mean, you talk about being a min-maxer, but I mean, you're writing the comic series. You're mm-hmm. a storyteller at heart. Mm-hmm. But that is, I think, a huge part of what makes D&D stand out mm-hmm. and why people like you and me are still playing it mm-hmm. after like, you know, whatever, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's the story, it's that pitch that gets people interested. And especially when you're reaching out to new players. Yeah. Where you can say things like, okay, in this game, you get to build this, like, you're in hell, and you build a hot rod, and you yep. tear around hell fighting demons. And it's just like, yep. okay, cool. <laughs> I don't need to know anything about D&E to think, hopefully, if we're doing it right, to think, right. oh, that's really cool. I want right. to, you know, dive into that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I always say the same thing. that The reason why tabletop games exist, why they're experiencing this renaissance, and why video games will never completely replace them, is they give you an opportunity to feel like you're at cause in the narrative. That you can have an impact that matters, that really matters. Um, that you can uh, take a shot at the at the evil wizard, and if the dice say you kill him, you kill him. Yeah, you know yeah. that's not true in a video game, and it's certainly not true in a book or a movie. Yeah. Um, the the fact that you can actually have an impact by your action or inaction, and uh, and even though I I am in fact a min maxer, and it pains <laughs> me to say this, and even though you're recording, and I'll deny it later. <laughs> Just having, you know, the most power in and of itself is not necessarily interesting. What's what do you do with that power? Yeah. Exactly. Like that's my niche is uh, level 20 games. That's the, the stream I run is level 20. Cool. Uh, and, and we were just saying before that yeah. it, it's no longer about the uh, acquiring of power. It's about the application of power. Um, and, and that's very interesting because to me, like I said, being able to make an impact is what makes the game worth playing. Yep. I'm going to give you all the power in the world. To literally reset time, you know, literally summon a tidal wave and destroy that whole kingdom if you want to. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sounds like a homebrew version of season eight of Game of Thrones might be in the works for, for some of these people. I think <laughs> lots of homebrewed version of season eight of Game of Thrones are taking place around tables all over the world right about now. Yeah. Well, um, for people who have maybe they've watched and I think mostly people do feel inspired by sort of watching they don't feel intimidated but you know can you describe maybe you know the difference between a you know a performed uh D&D experience versus you know what what your average version of that might be like when you're just hanging out with your buddies uh yes to me the difference between a streaming game and a home game is in a home game it is a social activity first yeah so talking about Game of Thrones, talking about work, you know, complaining about your girlfriend or how great your girlfriend is or yeah. boyfriend or both or neither, yeah. zone of safety, that's all vital to the experience. You know, getting dinner together, eating, all of that is yeah. vital to the experience. Streaming has all of that cut out. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just the game. Uh, sometimes, you know, different games have different tones where you might break the fourth wall more or less, stay in character more or less. But the other person, the camera is the, the other person at the table. Yeah. Um, and so you have extracted the essence of what makes the game the game from the social component is the only difference. Otherwise, the actual playing of the game is the same to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, you have a lot more experience with it than I do. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to is you're more acutely aware of not only just entertaining the players around you, but knowing there's an audience that doesn't want to just hear your in-jokes or watch you eat a pizza. Right. I'm sure there are streams where people eat food. That is true. But, you know, but, it, but watching that, like, when you really, let's get to the story. Right. You know? It's a good point there that it's like, how do you fit a whole session into two hours? It's like, because Barely. we're not yeah. having the side conversation. We're yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's the doorbell. It's time to get the pizza. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you you move it along and you try and get the story done. And, and, and it is also uh, being mindful of the time. You know, yeah. I guess not every stream has a hard end time, but most do. Yeah. And, you know, knowing I need to get them from El Terrell to the river by the end of this episode <laughs> um, is, you know, going to make you make different choices than, um, you know, I'd like for you to go from El Terrell to the river, <laughs> yeah. but it's going to happen or it won't. But if you sniff you know? down that sewer, then I guess we just got to go down the sewer. Well, and, and the, way, the way I deal with it with my players also that I find is still satisfying for everybody without giving spoilers is, I'll just say in advance, go towards the river. Yeah. You, know, you know, like, I mean, if, yeah. if things happen and it really, truly makes sense that you never leave the city, fine. Yeah. But... Don't go towards the mountains. <laughs> Do go towards the river. You know? Yeah. And then for the most part, I think people, if knowing it's a collaborative art, including collaborating with you, yeah. you know, the players tend to go with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's been your favorite part of, of fifth edition? You know, you've sort of been around the game for a long time. Uh, you know, like, does it at the moment feel like this is just, this is a lovely baseline for the game to be operating around and, and that this formula of, you know, the new releases aren't, and here's get more rules. It's here's a story with a few rules to supplement the kinds of things you're going to do in this. Like, are we in a really good place with the game right now? I think we are, because I think we have a really good community right now. Yeah. And I think D&D is all about community, right? It's all about sharing, whether it's just the community at your table, the community of, like, if you're streaming and you have your community of viewers, or just the global D&D community, playing through Adventures League, going to conventions and whatnot. That I think that what we're trying to do is create a sense of shared keystone points that people can talk about and makes them feel like they're part of something bigger than just themselves. And I think that's something that people are craving these days. You know, they want that. Yeah. Also, I think it's, you know, for me to nerd out about game design a little bit, um, you have to understand also what the system's even trying to accomplish because Dungeons and Dragons is not trying to approximate real life. Like one of the streams I play on, We're Alive Frontier, we use the Outbreak Undead system, and they're trying to be like, no, what's real life? Yeah. Like, if I want to pick up this chair and throw it, reasonably, how far can I throw it? You know, like if I need to run, reasonably, how fast and far can I run? Which is a very different game and a very different kind of experience. Yeah. Uh, D&D not that. I think the system of D&D, I mean, all TTRPG rules to a certain extent, but D&D in particular is just enough to facilitate the story you're trying to tell uh it is not trying to be everything to everyone yeah um it is not trying to accom uh to accommodate every single concept you could ever possibly think of yeah because some games are i've played those games yeah <laughs> you know where, where it's like all right so it's monday and you're fully rested 
you know, but it's raining, yeah. you know, <laughs> plus one to attack. Yeah. Um, that's not this game. And I think, but I think that's the, the beauty of it. I think there's just enough that you can probably extract from known data points to simulate anything that you're trying to do. Yeah. And that was definitely the design goal. Just make it simple enough that the DM could understand it, but mm-hmm. flexible enough that the DM and players could apply it to almost anything that comes up. Well, and I think something that has been good also is uh, you, uh, Chris Lindsay, and the people like openly interacting with the fans where it's like, well, here's my take on the rules, but understand, do it how you want. Yeah. You yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is what I think, but do it how you want. Yeah. Because the DM is in charge at the end of the day, right? It's it's their game. It's their, you know. I mean, I've got a house rule, and all my players know a 20 always succeeds and a 1 always fails. Skill checks, attack rolls, I don't care if you should have been able to squash that mouse. The 1 says you didn't. Yeah. So maybe you missed, maybe you slipped, and maybe it's just a burly super mouse. (laughs) But but my, my players also know the opposite is true. That it's like if you should have had no chance, but the dice say you do. Yep. You do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, yeah, the storytelling moment that comes out of that, right? Yes. Those are the best ones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those are the best ones. And, uh, in, I think that's when it's the, the, the burden of the DM to be clear on the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah. To not necessarily just the, the boxes you're trying to check, but the narrative you're trying to weave. And then the dice just inform that. Cause that's what a DM is, first and foremost, is a storyteller. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What kinds of feedback do you get from people when it comes to the rules these days? Like, are they still, you know, I guess, right? I guess that subset of the community still cares deeply about exactly sort of how the rules work. Um, but, you know, are there more people who sort of are, you know, still sort of whether they're asking questions about what works or, you know, is it a little bit more casual now where sort of people are just sending you more you know, sharing their story moments and wanting to tell you how, how much they love the game. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. The feedback we get uh, for the rules, it, it's it's changing. You, you can see how the community has now started the, the collective wisdom. If you come in as new DM and post on Reddit or wherever, people now kind of are seeing the game as more, just the more experience everyone has with it. We can see when we do like surveys and you're seeing the feedback. You'll always get the very specific technical questions. Like, you can tell, okay, something happened in someone's game and they need to figure out how this works. But you can also see that it is, there's still a, I think overall the core of the game is still holding up really well. Because we often see the same questions pretty consistently. But I think we're also seeing now people are stretching the game and what it can do. And there is a styles of game starting to emerge where, like, for instance, we designed the game assuming you had a kind of a dungeon experience. Like, you'd have four or five fights and a boss monster. But we're now seeing, especially with streaming, it's more common now to people want just one really big fight during their session. You know, like the one, it's the highlight of the episode is the big production fight. So then it's interesting seeing people asking, how do I make that work? How can I, you know, adjust the system? It's because fighting is time consuming. Yes. Yeah. No, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Even if you do it well, even if you move through it quickly, it just, it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And even players that really know what they're doing as the stress mounts. Yeah, start to like second guess themselves and take longer, and you're like mm-hmm, five, four, three, blah, you shoot yeah. him, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but I think that narratively, you see more DMs wanting fewer fights but more dramatic. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's what I do exactly. Yeah, it's like an action movie, the set piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So then, how do we as designers, like you know, make that easier to run? Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, really I think because if it's just fighting and just crunch. Watch a video game stream. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you're going to get to see animation and have sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's the, the the human beings that are participating in that. 
because the combat is important. It is, but it's the the humans that are participating in it are what the people are actually wanting to see. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, look, I feel like I know we've been. Going really long, so I'm surprised I haven't been given the. Yeah, uh, we have. <laughs> figured we, like, figured we would have been shooed by now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other cool? Yeah. Um, what other kinds of, particularly, I guess, is on a stream? You know, have there been some really cool kind of moments within your story that have had a big reaction from your fans and and that you know shows how much they sort of care about the way that you're telling? I have to say, instantly when you said it, it's like a, a max level, uh, you know, game. I'm like, I'm in. Okay, I need to look this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So DM me on Twitter. I'll send you a link. <laughs> yeah, it's uh oh, I, I think we just got shooed. Well, I will answer that. Uh, to me, it's I like playing the hard strings. I hate to say it, but I measure things in terms of how fast I make someone cry. Because, and it's not that I'm have to wound them. It's that if they're getting that emotional, they're that engaged. Yeah. And in Theogony of Kairos, I had the whole cast crying in the second episode, which is, <laughs> but again, not from a wounding place, but from a I am this present to it yeah. place. You can't get that emotional about something that you aren't really like deeply present to. Yeah. And that's the best thing about it. But thanks again to Mike Mills and B. Dave Walters for their time. Man, every single day I just in my heart I wish I was back at D and D Live 2019. It was so much fun. But we're going to keep having fun. I promise uh, that this show will keep having fun and to make sure that I share that love of fun things with you all who are listening, uh, I have one more code word uh, and then we will be kicking off the competition. So uh, today's code word, I thought B. Dave Walters is writing a darkened wish. Uh, Everybody's favorite crazy spell is wish. So let's go with wish. Wish is the last of the words in the competition. And yeah, from here, it's going to be a case of getting the details off uh, biteside.com. I'm about to uh, put up a post. uh, So the details should be there by the time you hear this. If it's not, just patient and it'll be up there any moment. Um, But I'll have uh, the email address uh, listed where I want to get a, a 25 word or less uh, response from everybody that relates to the theme of the game table. I basically want to hear uh, you know, a short story about why uh, the game table uh, in your own home or in your own, at your friend's house, wherever it is you might play, uh, why it means so much to you. Uh, so I'll have the exact details up on biteside.com in a special post for the competition. The competition will run for a few weeks. So basically, if you're listening to this catching up somewhere uh, the other side of of July 2019, then I'm really sorry you've missed the opportunity. For those of you who are listening uh, close to real time, uh, the prize pack is going to be made up of uh, primarily a copy of Ghosts of Saltmarsh, thanks to Wizards of the Coast, uh, and then also a copy of Acquisitions, Inc., thanks to my friends at Good Games Australia, the awesome local game shops that you might find in in your neighborhood or somewhere nearby. Uh, Always a great community hub for getting together to get the stuff you want to play uh, and uh, playing right there on site, depending on what the games you love to play. Plus, I'm going to throw in some uh, some cool stickers and stuff and a few other little 
odds and ends that I got from D&D Live uh, to share a little bit of that D&D Live love with whoever wins. And while most of these prizes are focused on Australian listeners because I am here in Australia, uh, it, for somebody who is uh, far, far away overseas, if you uh, enter and I like your entry, then I'll find some kind of a digital thing I can send you a code or something or other that I can send uh, to someone overseas so that everybody feels like they, they're, they're, they're part of the love. Uh, and I just want to hear your stories. Uh, I know in future I want to set up a, a hotline for people to call into uh, to leave comments. I really want to bring the voices uh, of you folks uh, into the show a little bit uh, soon as well. So stay tuned. Uh, next episode uh, later this week is going to be the episode where I got to talk to Chris Perkins and Joe Manganiello. That's going to be a lot of fun. It was great chatting to those two guys. Uh, but until then... What am I going to say except keep those dice rolling? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.